0: The Singing Guitar,
1: 12 guitarists, 26 singers, and a cellist, in new works by four American composers, exploring the unique connection of voices and strings.
2: On this episode of The Singing Guitar, American composer and sought-after collaborator Nico Muley. Born in 1981, Nico Muley's musical influences range from minimalism to the Anglican choral tradition. A recipient of commissions from the Metropolitan Opera, Carnegie Hall, the Los Angeles Philharmonic, Tallis Scholars, and the St. John's College, Cambridge, to name a few, Mr. Muley has written more than 100 works for the concert stage and is a frequent collaborator with artists such as Sufjan Stevens, Bjork, Grizzly Bear, Anthony and the Johnsons, composer Philip Glass, and choreographer Benjamin Millipede. Nico Muley's contribution on the singing guitar, How Little You Are, a commission from Austin Classical Guitar, Conspirare, and Texas Performing Arts, is a six-segment work scored for three guitars and chorus. Nico Muley is here with us to discuss the piece. Hi, Nico. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Nico, one thing you have always admired about Conspirare, beyond the fact that they're a wonderful chorus, is that they are also a wonderful collection of individual voices. How Little You Are explores ways of dividing up the voices, sometimes as little collections of soloists, and other times as a massive block.
1: That's right. I think that's what one wishes to retrieve of all choirs, and it usually is. But in this particular case, knowing that any of them could jump out of the texture and function as soloists and then jump back in was really important. So it wasn't about this person always functions as a soloist, and then this person is always kind of the corps de ballet. So it was the idea, particularly in the fifth movement, that it really can kind of scatter into individual pieces or rejoin a larger force.
2: the How Little You Are commission as a unique opportunity to write for such an unusual combination?
1: I actually viewed it with no small amount of terror. It's a pretty crazy ensemble. I mean, there obviously isn't much written for that combination. And, you know, the first thing, of course, I thought was, and they wanted a substantial piece, a sort of 40-minute piece, and I thought that's actually a really crazy thing to do. But how often does an opportunity like that come one's way? So I said yes, and then I found myself really, I don't want to say struggling, but grappling with, you know, how do you write a piece that justifies that ensemble? So it's not just a piece that happens to be for that, but a piece that really takes advantage of that unique combination.
2: In your search to find the right text for the piece, you settled on excerpts from the diaries of two Texas pioneer women, Eleanor Pruitt Stewart, and Mary Alma Blankenship. The title of this piece is taken from a passage by Blankenship in which she ponders the loneliness of pioneer life and the importance of God in that life. What was it that drew you to this text? I knew because this is a commission from UT Austin that I was
1: interested in exploring kind of the American West, which is something about which I know very little. I grew up in the Northeast, born in Vermont, raised in Providence, Rhode Island. And all of the ways in which we were taught about the American expansion westward were in so many ways limited, and in so many ways kind of cowboyish. And so I thought for this piece, what would be interesting is to zoom in on texts I hadn't read and texts that I found illuminating about this pioneer families. And in many cases, I discovered that it wasn't actually picturesque, as we were led to believe. And in a lot of cases, the diarists were women functioning quite alone, both physically and spatially and emotionally. And that opened up the possibility of how to use the guitars as creating sort of landscapes of emotional intensity and actually vast physical landscapes and that the only time that you actually have this kind of cowboy thing is very 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 much in the distance in the sixth movement right towards the end
0: Thank you.
2: Of course, guitar was the instrument which accompanied so many 18th and 19th century travelers who ventured into the unknown reaches of the American West. Did this influence your decision to use the guitars?
1: I was interested in the power of the guitar to be sonically evocative, but also it is a very intimate instrument, if you think about it, right? I mean, without amplification, it's something that is heard best, I think, within you know a couple feet of itself. <laughs> it's an object that you're cradling in your arms. There's something quite personal about it. I wanted to explore that incredibly intimate space, but then also when you have twelve of these things, it does start feeling like a small sports team. So I hope that the piece kind of zooms in and out of ensemble writing for the guitars and more soloistic or pointillistic ways of treating them.
2: section of the piece part five features two traditional songs oh bury me not on the lone prairie and i'm thinking of my dear old mother ten thousand miles away there are subtle transformations in the rhythms and harmonies which emerge from a repeated pattern did this device reference the predictable yet unpredictable reality of being a texas pioneer living through an often perilous time it did i mean i think that's one of the things at play there where what felt stable becomes
1: unstable and what felt unstable comes in and out of focus, your observations are all quite right. You know, I want the listener to be able to identify with not necessarily me telling them what to think, but have a sort of individual reaction to it. And the other thing, too, is that I love about folk music is that there are so many different versions of all of these songs. And if you ask five different people how one of these things goes, you'll get five different answers. So I thought, again, instead of trying to make something really, really literal, it's something where, you know, all the singers start singing at different times, it falls apart, the guitars are in a million different keys... So So it creates a kind of haze of uncertainty around something that we normally think of as a kind of fixed folk song.
2: Praised by the New York Times for her clear, bright voice, soprano Esteli Gomez is the featured soloist, delivering some of the most poignant moments of the music. Can you discuss her performance? Sure. I've known Esteli for a
1: long time. She's a completely exquisite singer. And I knew that one of the things that she can do is these vertiginous high notes just kind of plucked out of nowhere. It's hard, but she does it so, so beautifully. But also she has a wonderful kind of acrobatic range. And so I knew that I wanted to have an extended solo that would take advantage of her special skills. And so that's the part that says we had plenty of time to be still and know God. And I thought that I wanted to write her something that was really virtuosic, but very slow. So it's not showy in any way. And She has this ability to really float, not just in terms of pitch, but to really float above the moving textures and the polyrhythms of the guitars and make it seem really effortless. I found her performance so moving and actually even more moving in rehearsal as well. Just watching her put it together was fantastic. I'm really proud of how that movement worked out. ¶¶
2: Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast to discuss your piece for the singing guitar, How Little You Are.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your excellent questions.